Good morning, everybody. Um, it is very good to see you, to welcome you to our final week at uh, Fetis for the summer term 2023. And I am delighted to start chapel this morning with an announcement. Just a few minutes ago, I asked Jane Ajay and Pippa Kelly to be our heads of school for the next academic year, and I'm so pleased to say they actually said yes. So we give them a round of applause, please. We have hymn number 236, one we know well. I'm sure you're all in good voice. Heads up, I think most of you, especially those in the senior years, don't even need to look down at your hymn books for this one. You'll know the words. And then I'm very pleased to say we've got the Scottish Island Peak Race team talking to us this morning. Um, and we look forward to hearing what they've got to say. So first of all, hymn 236.
Good morning, everyone. Today, the SIPR team are here to talk to you about the titular SIPR. On Friday, the 19th of May, at midday, six runners embarked on a journey together, which would make an impact that would forever remain in their hearts and create bonds that neither the passage of time nor the will of God could ever break. <laughs> However, before we get into that, several months of training came first. Training for the SIPR was a test of commitment and will, and much more than physical ability. You had to be up, dressed, fed, and watered by 8 a.m. on Sundays, ready to endure Mr. Loudon's driving and freezing weather conditions. But it was also a test of teamwork. You, had to, you needed to have the ability to stay together as a team to succeed. Everyone needed to be in one big pack or else you would be disqualified in the real race. Everyone who went out there gave an immense effort, and by the charity runs, I'd wager most people were in better running shape than they ever were before. After the charity runs, the final team is selected, along with some reserve runners in case any unfortunate injuries befall the primary runners. It's not over yet, though, as you still need to complete one long run, 18 plus kilometers, one medium run, over eight, eight kilometers, and interval sprints every week during the summer games time. After all that, we had to take a sailing training weekend upon the mightiest of all watercrafts, the Big Jesse, with our fantastic skipper, David, where everyone practices getting on and off the boat while carrying all our running gear and paddling out to a distance up, distant island before the actual race can begin. To round off the training segment, I want to give you no illusions. Yes, it's difficult, and yes, there's no guarantee of gaining a place on the team, but it's a fantastic way to improve your fitness, and I encourage every single one of you to give it a shot. On Thursday the 18th of May, we packed up the minibus, took a team photograph, and headed off to Oban. After a three-hour drive, we descended into Oban Bay, and then parking the minibus, we had some time to kill before the big Jesse arrived, and so we went and inspected our enemies, HMS Shrewsbury and HMS Glenarmond. Then in the distance, we saw the magnificent big Jesse heading towards us. We then packed the endless supply of food onto the big Jesse and got the boat ready for the action the next day. After this, we headed over to Oban Sailing Club to do a full kit check. Whilst this happened, Annabelle and I went out to scout the 7k route for the next day. After everything was complete, we headed out into Oban to get fish and chips. We then returned to the boat where we played cards and packed our bags for the running the next day. During this, Mr. Loudon and our skipper David headed out into town to do some important planning for the events to come. <laughs> then comes the Friday morning when we woke up and got ready for the race. We then hoisted the sails and sailed out into the harbour. And then we got on the dinghy and paddled to the shore. We then had a good discussion with tactics with Shrewsbury and Glenarmond. And then swiftly, we were guided to the start line, when all of a sudden, panic struck, as we realised we didn't have our race numbers. However, with no time, the race commenced before we could do anything. Luckily, there was no penalty for this. We then began our 200-meter incline 7K run, which we completed in 34 minutes. We then ran to Seamus, who was waiting for us at the dinghy. We enthusiastically paddled to intercept the big jetty as she headed out open. Luckily, Edward playing the pipes helped us to locate the prop boat with no problems. On the way from Oban to Mull, the sails were up and the wind was blowing. The race was prosperous. We continued to go through our kit again, ensuring we had all the essentials, especially the jelly babies. Once we were getting close to Mull, Shameside jumped in the dinghy and furiously paddled ashore, where we could be met by Miss Dawes. Unfortunately, 
we soon realized that we'd forgotten our tracking beacon. And after that minor inconvenience, uh, we, packed, we packed our bags and a kit check that would only lasted five minutes. The three of us started a 30 kilometer run ridiculously quickly. In this case, did not drop until we reached the main obstacle of an 850 meter climb over two kilometers with no path. We scrambled up the three, fueled by squat sheets. Once at the top, we deposited our second last checkpoint marker and proceeded to scamper down the hill. After revitalizing the river water and taking on a few more calories, we made the final push back to the beach. This was the most tiring yet enjoyable section of the run. We had to search deep down for any embers of motivation to keep us going. Once at the boat, a large lasagna was waiting for us. And after Mull, we placed sixth overall and first in the youth teams. What Ed humbly forgot to mention was that he, Seamus, and Mrs. Dawes broke the school Mull record, something that is no mean feat. After Ed and Seamus had deservedly collapsed in their berths, me and Angus were also sent to bed early and told we may be woken up early for our Jura run. However, we then began to experience some difficulty with the weather. Sadly, there was no wind and the big jetty was moving rather slowly. Though me and Angus woke up on Saturday early and raring to go and ate our body weight in porridge, we soon went back to bed because we were only passing the north of Jura. Sadly, we eventually had to turn on our engine as we were going to take too long sailing and would be at sea for days. We retired from the sailing race along with all the other youth teams. However, the running race was still to play for. Every boarding house will tell you that their boarding house is the best, even though it's our money. Every runner will also tell you that island is the hardest, but me and Angus will tell you it's Jura. Although it's the shortest run, at only 24 kilometres, I thoroughly believe it's the most challenging. There is rarely a path, steep, steep mountains, and I once again managed to fall into many bogs. This time, Angus did not have to retrieve my shoe, though. We remained fueled by our bag of jelly babies the whole way round, ate many double-deckers, and were optimistic the whole way. Even so, the big jessie and plated macaroni I received when I got back to the boat have got to be some of the most welcome sights of my life. Following on from Durham, the big jessie was sat on the roof, the final island of Aaron. At this point, Freddie and I were ready to start running following days of being cooped up on the boat. The additional help of the engine meant that we were able to make it round the Mull of Kintyre overnight, a feat we were all thankful for as it meant we were asleep for the toppiest waves of the whole race. We eventually made it to Aaron at 10am on the Sunday, and it was at this point where we all started to feel the anticipation of reaching the final leg of the race. Freddie and I paddled into the shore with newfound energy for a quick hit check and rendezvous with Miss McDonald before the real task began. Despite the knowledge of what was to come, we all started the race in high spirits and with endless enthusiasm. Even once the long 3,000 foot ascent began, the three of us were able to be motivated and maintain a steady pace right the way to the summit of Goatfell. It was at this point that we felt a true sense of achievement. The hardest part was done. All we had to do now was retrace our steps back to the boat. Surprisingly, it was only the final four kilometres that we found our spirits beginning to falter, as the final hill posed a difficult mental challenge after the hours of running. Nevertheless, we powered our way over and back to our patiently awaiting being. The returning paddle passed a blur, but the three of us were, able to, were still able to smile at the big jetty blossoming parts of the Caribbean to intimidate our remaining competition. After three days, over 50 miles of running, and 160 nautical miles of sailing, we pulled in as true. 
Ed and Freddie piped us into the harbour, where we then had a short paddle and run to the harbour office, which was the finish line. As we had retired from the race due to the absence of wind, the Big Jesse and the other youth books did not receive a place in the overall race. However, we did place second in the youth running race with a total time of 13 hours, 19 minutes and 52 seconds. Ed and Seamus broke the school record on Mull, and Ed has also hopefully won the best piper of the race. Overall, SIPR 2023 was one of the best yet toughest experiences we have ever had. We are now fitter than ever due to the hard training and our sailing knowledge has massively improved. I strongly encourage the lower six next year to give SIPR a shot. It was an incredibly valuable experience for all of us and we would enter again if we had the chance in a heartbeat. On behalf of the team, I would love to thank everyone that made SIPR this year such an enjoyable experience.